Monica? Here. Haley? Here. Tom? We have a call. Okay. Thank you. <coughs> King Cole Office, who do you have? Um, this is just Jackie and then the assembly members, Brenda Warren and Chris. Okay. Thank you. Cole Bay. Just daily here. Thank you. Nelson Lagoon? Uh, so far, just uh, me, Samantha. Okay. Thanks, Sam. Both pass. Standpoint is Paul, Denise, Beverly, and myself. Akatan. It's just myself. Thanks, Josie. Anchorage. Yes, Mara. Back myself, Annie. Um, we've got Lenora, Talia, George Barker with uh, BDO, Carol, Lori Pierce with the City of Cold Bay, um, Ernie, Charlotte, and Laura. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Uh, we need a motion to adopt the agenda. Okay. Motion by Denise, second by Brenda. Well, yeah, just a point of clarification. During the workshop, you mentioned you're going to be enforcing strictly the policy of adding to the agenda. So while we're on the record, if an assembly member of the next agenda wanted to add something, what it would be the deadline to notify the clerk, just so everybody knows exactly. The meeting's on Thursday. Okay, so to answer Paul's question, uh, basically, uh, things, items to be submitted shall be at least 72 hours prior to each assembly meeting and be delivered to the borough clerk. So, Mr. Mayor, that would be about noon on Monday, is that? Yeah. Yes, because we, we need to have a public notice, 72 hours. So probably Friday before that if we need to, like, add anything. Monday well, by noon would I, make it 72 hours between Thursday at 1 of our meeting. Okay. By 2 o'clock. By 2 o'clock. Yeah, yeah. Monday at 2? Yeah. Okay. And right now the way I think, well, that's for staff and stuff, but I think the way Annie has it, it has to be in, like, Friday, yeah, so we can yeah add it to the agenda and then be ready on Monday to be posted to the you know public. So the deadline two o'clock Monday if somebody wants to get a hold of Beverly. Yeah, to add an agenda item. Okay, just so it's clear. So yeah, thank you. Alrighty. So if. If there's no corrections to the written agenda, anybody has anything? Hearing none, the agenda will stand as written. Any public comments at this time on agenda items? 
Uh, good afternoon. This is Samantha. I've got uh, Angela Johnson here and uh, Mark McNeely that wanted to make some comments on the um, the resolution 2310 for Nelson Lagoon. Okay. Sure. Oh, uh, one second. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Oh, oh, hold on a minute before you do that. We. Uh, no, we don't. We won't. Okay, we'll until we get to. Oh, if they just want to make comments now, they can. Oh. No, you can go ahead. Uh, have them go ahead and state their name, and then they can make their comments. Cool. Okay, one second. Uh, just walked in the door. Okay, we got uh, Mark McNeely here. Okay, go ahead. Hello. All right, here you go, sir. Okay. Hi, uh, Mark McNeely. Nelson Lagoon. Good afternoon. Hey. Um, yeah, my main concern is that we get this, if we get this uh, emergency um, disaster request in, uh, that'll give us a little more strength at the Board of Fish uh, when we start addressing our issues, showing that uh, things are in a drastic situation. Not knowing exactly what you guys all been talking about here, that's about all I got at the moment. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Mark. Uh, you know, just so you're clear on it, uh, when the if the borough passes the declaration for the community of Nelson Lagoon, it it doesn't mean the borough is saying any one thing or any one fishery or anything else has anything to do with this, but we do recognize that uh, the state and the powers to be that deal with this, that we're requesting that they look into it, and they'll look into all aspects of it. So there's uh, uh, nothing that will come out of the borough will say one way or the other of, of what happened because we don't know, just so you understand that. Oh, I'm aware of that. Okay, that's good. Okay, thank you. And this will be up uh, real shortly here on the agenda. Sam, did you have one more? Oh, yeah. Um, we, the, the other person that was here just wanted to um, hear what we have to say about it first when it comes up on the agenda. Okay. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Any other uh, public comments on agenda items? All right. Conflict of interest. 
if anyone feels like they have a conflict of interest with any agenda item, now would be a good time. Hearing none. So before us, we have uh, two presentations. The first one is the FY22 audit presentation. Uh, I believe George is going to present this. And I think in a, for the assembly in a separate email, I believe you have the PowerPoint. George? Hello. Um, thank you for having me today. Uh, so for those of you who received the PowerPoint, I will be uh, essentially just walking through that. Um, and as we go, uh, I think at the end of it, if you guys have any questions for me before I conclude, then um, please speak up. So we'll begin by starting at the um, the kind of address letter at the beginning at, uh, with the heading welcome, it's on page three. Um, and this letter essentially just describes the purpose of this communication. So we're uh, preparing to begin the FY22 audit. We've actually started um, some preliminary planning procedures already and um, we're planning on going out on site in a couple weeks, I believe, um, to do actual field work. Uh, and this letter just kind of outlines uh, that this communication serves to uh, describe uh, a high, at a high level the procedures we're planning on con conducting while we're out there, some of the risks um, that we see as being relevant to the audit, um, and to outline those for you. At the, at the end of the day, uh, we as the auditors work for the assembly. Uh, we uh, address our report to you, and so... Um, in our interest to communicate to you and, and in your interest to receive this communication to understand how our audit's going to be conducted. Um, so we will move on now to the executive summary and then um, on page five, the page titled Responsibilities. Um, this page kind of outlines uh, our responsibilities to you as, as your auditor. Um, it describes the governing standards under which we will be auditing. Uh, specifically, uh, with regard to the financial statements, we will be auditing under the governmental auditing standards issued by the Comptroller General of the United States um, and Title II of the U.S. Uh, Code of Federal Regulations, um, which governs the single audit. So the borough receives certain federal funding. Um, so each year, I think as long as I've uh, been on the audit team, we've had a federal single audit um, where we audit some of the federal funding that you receive, and that is, is governed by the guidance. The relevant guidance for that single audit is this Code of Federal Regulations, um, Uniform Administration Requirements and Cost Principles um, of Federal Awards. Uh, I believe at the previous borough meeting, you would have received a copy of the engagement letter. Um, that outlines further some of the uh, guidance that we're auditing under and some of the specifics of our audit. Um, it also describes in greater detail our responsibilities as the auditor and uh, management's responsibilities. Um, if you have any questions on any of those items or anything in this slide, uh, please let me know. Uh, my contact information will be included at the end of the presentation, too, so if you need time to review that engagement letter um, to identify any questions you have, uh, you can always reach out to me later on. 
Um, I think the only other relevant thing to bring up here is that um, we are responsible as, as auditors for the audit opinion. At the end of the day, that's the, the only portion of your financial statements that we take responsibility for. Uh, management is ultimately responsible for the preparation um, of those financial statements. So uh, we do sometimes assist with some of the journal entries and uh, preparation of those as a non-audit service. Um, we can't take responsibility for, for those ultimately as, as the auditor. Moving on to the next slide, um, this slide outlines our overall audit strategy, uh, which involves assessing the risk of material misstatement uh, of the financial statements, whether due to fraud or error. Um, there's various different risks that we consider and we do, uh, we evaluate those and design procedures that will address those risks. Um, in doing this, we also evaluate the significant accounting policies and estimates of the borough and uh, the overall presentation of financial statements. We will perform inquiries and walkthroughs of the borough's policies and procedures and um, the internal control structure uh, of the borough, which allows us to better understand um, how the financial statements are prepared, uh, various steps that go into that, and this allows us to perform or to design and perform um, targeted procedures that will further address the risks we've identified. Uh, over on the right side of this slide, you'll note uh, kind of a bullet list of the risks um, that we're going to be looking at, um, some of the areas uh, or of consideration, so you know we're, we're taking a, a look at, we're always considering prior year audit results. Um, we are looking at the inherent risks within the borough, uh, any recent developments in the industry and the regulatory environment or general economic conditions, whether that's specific within the borough, within the state of Alaska, or um, even considering factors that are affecting municipal governments nationwide. Um, especially with some of the broad legislation that's come out over the last two, three years. This is always something that we're trying to stay aware of. Uh, any recent, recently issued and effective accounting and financial reporting guidance, there will be a slide further on in the presentation that outlines, outlines specifically some of the things we'll be looking at this year. Um, I already mentioned that we're reviewing uh, the borough's policies and procedures, the control environment, um, and we're always looking for any potential um, areas of improvement in that control environment. That's something we regularly uh, communicate with Annie and, and Jackie about. Um, we're also going to be taking a look at the information systems of the borough, uh, the, the system within which the financial data is, is captured and recorded. Um, and then uh, all of this will be kind of uh, evaluated within the lens of our materiality thresholds, which are based off of various qualitative and quantitative factors affecting the borough. Um, and then as part of our single audit, we'll also be considering uh, specifically internal controls over compliance with, with federal awards. So um, not only the borough's controls over financial reporting, but then specifically what uh, controls are in place to ensure compliance with the various different awards that uh, the borough receives. On the next slide is the planned scope of our audit. Um, not too much will have changed from year to year here. Um, in general, we 
the initial scope of the audit is, is going to be the same as it has been in, in the last year. Um, there is one point that I would like to draw your attention to. There is a new uh, standard that takes effect this year, the GASB uh, Statement 87 regarding leases. Um, and we'll be discussing this further with, um, with Jackie and Annie and then Sarah Espelin, the, your contract accountant, um, to evaluate that implementation. There shouldn't be any significant uh, effect, I think, for the borough. So there are some, uh, I believe, some airline terminal leases that may fall within the scope of this statement. But uh, beyond this, the overall scope of the audit will not have changed substantially. Um, our audit strategy uh, will involve um, some partner involvement uh, and throughout the planning and, and execution of the audit. Um, I'll uh, point out who specifically that will be later on. Uh, we have a slide that, that uh, provides information regarding the audit team that will come to shortly. Um, we do uh, tend to focus on, on specific high-risk areas um, and any other concerns of management and the borough assembly. So if there, this is the point, uh, and even after this meeting, if there's any specific areas you'd like us to focus on or, or concerns that you have, please reach out and let us know. And, okay, I think uh, there's a couple more paragraphs there. They essentially serve to just describe that um, the borough as a reporting entity also includes the school district. Uh, we have a separate audit team that will be conducting the school district audit um, within our office, and we uh, communicate with them regularly regarding any, any relevant information and then um, any, any information from that audit that needs to be included in the borough's uh, report as a whole. Uh, the next slide includes uh, some additional information, um, some of the risk procedures and, and uh, things that we include. Um, this kind of essentially summarizes a variety of the things that we've already discussed. Um, draws attention to the standards we're auditing under, um, some of the procedures we'll be doing to evaluate the effectiveness of the borough's controls, um, and then our, our planning and performance of the uh, federal single audit. We'll move on to the next slide. Uh, this slide is fairly self-explanatory. This describes the overall timeline of our audit. Um, we're already into the third month here with it being September, we are um, doing some of our planning procedures right now, and, and as I said, we'll be doing the actual year-end field work here in two weeks. Um, so, and this serves as, as an outline. Our, our goal is always to be as efficient with our time as possible. If we can um, issue ahead of this, then that's ideal. Um, and yeah, we'll move on to the next slide. Um, and this slide just addresses independence. Uh, this is another item that's described further in the engagement letter, uh, which you reviewed previously. Um, there are certain professional standards that govern our relationship to the borough as your auditor in, in order to ensure that we remain independent. Uh, if you have any questions about that, please let me know. Um, and as I said, there are some more specific uh, more specific information in the engagement letter. 
The next slide is uh, an outline of the client service team. So Vicki Shrestha, who's previously served as the engagement partner, will be returning again this year. Um, Joy Mariner, who is our office managing partner at BDO, will be serving as the engagement quality control reviewer. Um, so she serves as an individual outside the audit team uh, who comes in and reviews our work to ensure that uh, we are doing uh, sufficient, completing sufficient audit procedures. Uh, Michelle Kesey is one of our senior managers. She'll be assisting with some um, technical guidance on uh, things like the GASB 87 implementation. Um, there's a few other uh, significant adjustments that we assist the borough in preparing the journal entries, and she'll be assisting with that, as well as any uh, report drafting uh, assistance that's needed. I believe uh, at this time, Sarah Esplin is planning on, and her team are planning on preparing the financial statements. Um, we'll provide assistance as necessary. And then myself, I'll be serving as the engagement in charge, um, kind of managing more of the day-to-day field work and performance of the audit. After this, uh, we'll pass the appendix slide. And the next slide is the implementation of new GASB standards. So uh, the two slides or the two paragraphs on this slide identify standards which will be applicable this year. Um, I already mentioned the leasing standard that takes effect for this fiscal year end. Um, the statement 89 accounting for interest costs incurred before the end of the construction period. Uh, this time, we don't expect that to have any effect on the borough. So uh, this paragraph is here for your review and consideration, but we don't expect to see a significant impact from that standard. Uh, the leasing standard, as I mentioned, there are a few leases that we will be evaluating um, to see if they fall within the scope of this uh, standard. The following slide, um, beginning here for the next couple slides, uh, it looks like two, four slides, five slides, um, are upcoming guidance that uh, will become applicable over the next few fiscal years, uh, beginning in FY 2023. Um, I won't go into great detail with these as they're more of a future concern at this time, but if you have any questions about these, upcoming standards, please let me know. I would be happy to uh, answer any questions you have. Um, and I believe that brings us to the end of the presentation. Um, thank you again for having me. Uh, at this time, if anybody has any questions while I'm here, I'd be happy to answer them. Thank you for the presentation. So any assembly have questions? All? Thank you, Mr. Mayor. I just have two quick questions. Well, one isn't a question, but I'm pretty sure our, our auditing team knows that we're anticipating a software change pretty soon, and I don't know if there's information as they're doing the audit that helps us prepare whenever we're going to implement it, but anyway, i just bringing that up, I suppose. But the, uh, the one question I had is, is got a timeline for visiting King Cove uh, in the field work page nine, and mm -hmm. in the past, it, uh, the audit team would spend quite a bit of time in King Cove. Last year, I don't believe much time was spent there, but how many days do you anticipate being in King Cove this year? Well, um, so in answer to your, uh, I'll, I'll start with your first comment. We've actually, uh, I've, I've talked to Sarah Espelin 
uh, a few times, and, and Annie both, I think, about the upcoming software change. Um, and we're certainly happy to help provide any recommendations that can help make that a smooth process. Um, but we've, we have been in conversation about that, and that's something we will, uh, when it does take place, we'll certainly have to evaluate that. Um, and it, it, I think the plan is for that to be implemented in the next fiscal year. So we'll be doing some more targeted audit procedures at that time to make sure that there's a, a proper conversion takes place. Um, and then regarding field work, uh, the last couple years we did the audit remotely. However, this year we will be spending a, a week out there. Um, of course, weather dependent. We'll be planning on arriving on the 19th of September and staying through the 23rd. It will be me and uh, one of our audit associates, just two of us out there for the full week. Um, so, uh, and at that time too, if there's anybody on the assembly who's who's around and available that wants to swing by and say hi, I'd certainly be happy to meet you guys. Okay. Others with questions, comments? Okay. All right. Thank you for the presentation. Uh, a lot of good information for us there. Um, we have one other presentation. Uh, so we have uh, City of Cole Bay with their uh, discussion on their water. Lori, I believe? Yes, sir. floor is yours. Well, I'll just go through um, how this all started. and You have some slides in there, and I'll be happy to answer questions about those afterwards. Um, on June 3rd, we got the news that both of our wells were contaminated with PFAS. Our well number three was highest uh, with the 1605 parts per trillion. Um, our well number two was at 42 parts per trillion, which is under the 70 parts per trillion that the EPA standard set back in 2016. The EPA did lower the parts per trillion. Um, on June 15th to a .024 parts per trillion to have in your wells. Um, that is below the level that can even be tested um, in for PFAS in drinking water. Our well number two was below the 70 parts per trillion, so technically we weren't supposed to be able to to get drinking water supplied to us. But due to some unfortunate circumstances and things that went around the com community and gossip-wise, um, I asked that drinking water be supplied to our community indefinitely until um, such time as we were able to do something else. So we did test again. We retested on June 24th. For our um, wells, we, we test our wells, our storage tank, and two other points. Uh, they all tested high. Again, our well number two came in um, at not 478 parts per trillion. That's my typo. I'm sorry. It came in at 48 parts per trillion. Um, and so our drinking water number, our well number two, is still good to drink out of. Our problem is we didn't know how much of the well number three that we had in our storage tank. So our storage tank did come in high at 415 parts per trillion. Kurt and I are working diligently on this with the state, with um, 
the contamination part, the drinking water part. Um, we're working on with DOH um, on the health side. The important thing to remember is that they have not so far been able to link any illnesses to PFOS in drinking water um, short-term or long-term. The good news is there is a solution. We are working on a solution. The solution is not to drill for more wells at this time. Um, Cold Bay is contaminated with not only PFOS, but a lot of other things. Drilling for a new well, you would be drilling into more contaminants. Uh, there is a solution for our wells, and that's what we are working on. We're working on two different solutions. There is activated carbon that is a solution, and we, we will treat this at the well. We are the only city so far in the state of Alaska that is the whole public drinking water system. Um, the other cities that have PFOS, it is simply just private wells. So we are different in that it is our public drinking water system. So we're working diligently with state. We are working with an outside engineer as well, a PFOS expert, on getting something drawn up for a solution. And we spent quite a while with him um, August 15th when uh, when he was in town for our uh, meeting that we had with the state when DEC came to Cold Bay. So we have a solution that we're working on. Um, Not only the activated carbon, there is another solution, and they're little plastic marbles that the PFOS will adhere to as well and filter out the the water so that it can go into the the homes and businesses as clean as possible and get it below the way down to zero. So working on it this time, we are working diligently on it. Uh, DOT is the responsible party for this. There is grants out there for to help us take care of this for the solution um, to be installed. So we're just at this point we're in a holding supply, but we are being supplied drinking water by DOT on a regular basis. So we have plenty of drinking water in Cold Bay to supply everybody with as much drinking water as they need or want. Um, PFOS does not adhere to soil, gravel, dirt, and that's why um, that's why there's no filtration. It, it, there's no natural filtration system for PFOS. Uh, it does not adhere to anything but activated carbon and these little plastic marbles that can that they have now been able to approve for that. So um, so right now we're in a holding pattern. Hopefully we'll move quickly on this as quickly as possible. Um, to get a solution in place and get off of um, bottled water as soon as we can. I'm more than happy to answer any questions. Okay, thank you. Questions for uh, Lori? Good job. Oh, Paul, I just a couple questions. uh, Laura, I don't know if I don't think I've met you, but what was your employment? Just refresh us all on your employment. Who, who's your employer? Uh, I am the city clerk for the city of Cold Bay. Okay, and then you mentioned uh, some of the advice you're getting. Is that from the engineers? You said that you're not going to drill any. You're not planning on drilling wells, new wells, or anything, but. Uh, 
What was affirmed, or is that from the state engineers? I didn't quite catch. When, when D.C. came out to Cold Bay on August 15th and we had a public meeting, they also surveyed our area um, and our water plant versus where it is from the airport. So we are downhill from the airport. Everything rolls downhill um, to us. So drilling for a new well at this time is not the solution. It would be much more costly to drill a new well, not knowing if that would be contaminated or not. It is, it is cheaper and more cost effective to go with the solution to treat our wells that we currently have. Okay, there's, and I think everybody probably is aware every day on TV there's another um, news article about these um, contaminants. Uh, today they were talking about firefighting foam, how it's, you know, using airports, but uh, I'm, I'm not, not necessarily c convinced that a new source wouldn't be the the best interest or not. Yeah, I think it's 50 bucks a foot to drill a well. It isn't that expensive. Of course, getting the equipment out there is a, a, a lot higher price. But once, and, and it, the threshold is, you know, they're talking parts per trillion. Nobody could even measure it in the past. But uh, I, uh, I wouldn't anticipate it going away. They don't, that's one of the reasons they call forever chemicals, I I hope you find a way to get rid of it as soon as possible. But, but I think it, we mentioned and talked about it in the last borough meeting. Borough has resources. I think that uh, everybody would be willing to help as much as possible to make sure everybody has safe and clean drinking water. Thank you. Okay. Other comments or questions? Okay, thank you, Lori. Uh, that's a good presentation. I'm glad the state is stepping up and you guys are working this out. Thank you, I appreciate it. Thank you for letting me come today. Okay. Okay, we're down to uh, minutes. So we need a motion and a second for the minutes for August 18th. Motion, Warren. Second, Brenda. Thank you, Warren. Thanks, Brenda. Anybody have any corrections or to the, to the minutes for August 18th? Paul? Yep. Uh, uh, made a, uh, a comment about a, a, a minor. I didn't quite get the, oh. the wording. I would make an amendment to correct it if she tells me exactly. Oh, okay. Well, I couldn't find that as you were talking. I was looking really quick. On page 9 of the um, meeting minutes from last uh, meeting, um, Chris comments, um, instead of, the, the word I'm supposed to type is platform. But Which page again, please? Page nine. Page nine. Give us a platform. platform. I should say platform to work off of. Is that a 
Spelling correction or would it be correction? Okay, well, if it's just a typographical, which, yeah, if you yeah. mentioned that, that's fine. I withdraw any attempt to make it around. And then I have one on page 10 where it says, Mayor Osterbeck said, for those who have been fishing since the chum started, there should be wars in there. So it should be Mayor Osterbeck said, for those who have been fishing since the chum wars started. Okay. Uh, page 12. Under where it says PCE cost equalization lawsuit, uh, Chris asked the Cold Bay Clinic, so you just need to add a Y to that. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, just a typo. Yeah. Thank you. Are there any others? Anybody have any other? Okay. So, other than the grammar corrections, anybody have anything else on the minute for August 18th? If there's no anything on the minute, uh, Mr. Mayor, but I said don't have anything on the minutes, Mr. Mayor, but false passes online. We're having trouble with our internet out here, real bad. Oh, okay, Tom. And somebody who has a child, would they mute their mic? Might be our staff. <laughs> I thought it was. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Tom. So if there's no objections, uh, the minutes will stand with the three grammar corrections. Hearing no objections. Item number seven, financial report. Annie? Um, yes, Mr. Mayor. Do you want to make a motion first? Motion. Oh. Yes. We need a motion to bring the financial report for July to the floor and a second. Denise, I'll make a motion. Thank you, Denise. I'll second this, Brenda. Thank you, Brenda. Okay, Annie. You're legal. Okay. All right. Mayor Osterbach and Assembly, before you use the July 2022 financials, um, this is the first month of the new uh, FY23 or the fiscal year 2023. Um, so on the first page, you can see that raw fish tax is not reported yet because at the time this was completed, we had not collected July fish tax from seafood processors. The only other item that I mentioned during the work session is on page four, line item E01900-00552, which is the insurance line item. Um, that amount came in higher than anticipated, and we will make a budget amendment um, later on, like a mid-year budget amendment and address that at that time. Other than that, that, everything else is tracking. So if there's any questions, please let me know. Thank you. Thank you, Annie. Questions on the finances? Paul? And just at one general, on the first page, and it has a month of year today, $900. I can't remember what time that really gets updated the first time. We have kind of a short time between meetings, so it just looks strange to only have $900, but what what date would that normally reflect the, the true amounts? So I'm not sure if I 100% understand your question, but um, these are updated for July, through July 31st, so um, everything that was paid in July or collected in July 
will be reflected here. So we had no fish taxes or anything in July, I guess. Uh, no, those come in the following month.
we put this together in response to a request by the Nelson Lagoon Tribal Council. They had said the fishery is in a state of emergency and the community members and fishermen in Nelson Lagoon are struggling. On behalf of the Nelson Lagoon Tribal Council requesting an emergency disaster declaration be made for our fishery. So this is a federal process for a federal fishery disaster declaration. Um, there, it's, it's a simple process. First, the request is made by an eligible organization such as a municipality. Um, then NIMPS goes through to see if, if it would apply, if it would, uh, if a fishery disaster has occurred, the secretary will make a determination one way or another. If the determination is positive, Congress might uh, put some money forward. So that's all we're doing here. Uh, I changed some numbers to make this more final in the resolution that we, if, if I'm asked to put together a letter to accompany this, we'll, we will be saying that uh, cause is undetermined because we're not, we're not worrying about a cause. We are worried about the community of Nelson Lagoon. Uh, again, changes to the resolution were the numbers. And since uh, the second on Friday when I submitted this, there were an additional 46 fish, sockeye salmon, harvested, so we could change that number if you wished. The 58,763 would go up to uh, 58,809. The second, third, fourth, and fifth, whereas were changed, and also the therefore be it resolved. We now say we request the governor and the secretary of commerce to make a fishery disaster determination. And for that fishery. And so it's up to the secretary basically to make that determination. I, during the break, tried to get more information as requested by Member Grunholt about some additional fish. I was not able to get through to uh, Bob Murphy. I can say that the escapement numbers for Nelson River also include David's and Caribou Rivers, apparently. Um, but I don't know much more than that. The, so the escapement is for the river. The harvest is for the Nelson Lagoon section. And the information is in front of you. I can answer any questions if there are any. Thank you. Any questions for Ernie? Oh, yeah. Thank you. So, Ernie, just to review the uh, resolution, you, you wrote it up as a resolution just to get our put in the door requesting money and the federal funding of disasters uh, and to fit the current policy that they have to make that determination. That's the purpose of this resolution, I suppose. Is that right? Yes. In, in support of the community, the, the borough community that requested it, uh, I learned from Annie's predecessor, his policy was you wait until a group, a community asks for that, and they did ask, and, and we responded by, it looks like it might be a, a fisheries disaster, but that's not for us to determine. Right. Yeah, thank you, Ernie. And I, and I think there'll be other areas that may submit, like there always is lately every year, other areas and other fisheries that are putting in similar requests, and then 
and then the process moves along. So I, I don't have any opposition to moving this right along. They did have a very poor season. And uh, I know they're fishing a few silvers now, but it doesn't look like uh, very many, which helps a little bit, I suppose. But uh, I, I assume the cannery's still buying. Hopefully uh, a few more silvers show up, but uh, that which always helps any unexpectedly a very poor year. But thank you. Other comments? Yeah, Warren okay, here. Um, Go ahead, Warren. Yeah, we got, uh, I think the writing was on the wall when uh, Mr. McNeely made his statement of going to the fish board, so we're going to get caught in the middle of a fish fight the way it looks. That's my only comment. Thank you, Warren. Samantha. Hey, yeah, um, just to go off of that, uh, no, you know, I mean, we've, we've talked about it, and it's we're not trying to point fingers at anybody. Um, you know, we just want to, you know, show that we are having a really bad season, and, you know, we're, we don't want it closed down for anybody. We just want, you know, to to keep our river alive and for future generations. And this has been one of the worst seasons that we've seen I'm between poor fish fish catches to poor weather. It hasn't been good. I mean, after our last meeting, we were like we were randomly closed for a couple weeks to see if our fish numbers would come up, but I don't know how we were going to determine that with nobody fishing. And uh we've been back on since Monday, but um like I said, the weather's been bad this week and the catch is still poor. I don't know when we're supposed to close. It kind of seems like every day I hear we are and then we're not. Um, but I think we just we just wanted to have this, you know, for us to just show that hey, we're we're trying to prove that we are having a really bad time here, and this has been ongoing for years. And um, you know, like I said, we're not trying to point fingers, and we're not trying to start any kind of fights or anything with anybody. Um, but I know the community really, really, uh, you know, would like your um, your support, the borough support with us. Thank you, Samantha. <laughs> Any other comments? Yeah, this is Brenda. Go ahead, Brenda. Um, so you read read through that resolution. They are asking to support them being able to go out and and let let the governor's office and such know that they have a fisheries disaster. And, and I don't see anything in there aside from I think the first uh, the comment that was first made in the public comments that you know to take to the board of fish. This isn't supporting anything that goes to the board of board of fish. This is supporting them going to. Um, to ask a state governor and or elected duly representative of an affected fishing community can request a federal disaster determination from the Secretary of Commerce. And if the Secretary determines that a fisheries disaster has occurred, the fishery is eligible for disaster assistance subject to appropriation of funds by Congress. So to me, that this is, this is a resolution that is, um, should be supported but it doesn't say anything where, in any way, shape, or form, that this is going to the Board of Fish. And I think that's what some of us are hanging up on, but it's not. This is to the state for that. 
So what we're approving today has nothing to do with the Board of Fish issues that may come up in the soon near future, right? Correct. Yeah, no, I, I, I thank you very much. I thank you very much for that, Brenda. Okay, that's how that's my read on it. Um, and yeah. and I know all of yeah. us speak passionately when we get excited about our, our, especially when we're having a hard time making ends meet in our fisheries. So, um, as far as I read on here, the disaster declaration isn't something that goes right to the board of fish. That goes to the the governor and fisheries department to make a disaster determination. You're correct. Thank you for that. Other comments? So, you know, and when we, when we put this together, I had talked to Ernie about it quite a while, and we wanted to be sure that uh, we didn't start one or get into a fish fight with anyone, and basically, Nelson Lagoon is one of our communities, and if they feel like uh, federal aid disaster money is needed to help them through until they get this all figured out, uh, I think that's something that we should support. So with that, uh, we have Resolution 2310. Hang on a No, it's on the table, but yeah. No, it's already on the table. So, so anyway, so resolution 2310 is before us for a vote. Uh, there's no further comment. Call the uh, question on the motion. Chris. Yes. Brenda. Yes. Carol. Yes. Paul. Yes. Denise? Yes. Warren? Yes. Josie? Yes. Tom? Yes. Samantha? Yes. Bailey? Yes. Motion carried. Okay, thank you. Thanks, everyone. So before us, we have Resolution 2314, appointing election judges for the October 4th, 2022 regular borough election. We need a motion and a second. This is Chris. I make a motion. A motion by Chris. Someone else was in there. Who was the second? Denise, I'll second. Okay, thank you, Denise. Um, Annie? Uh, yes, Mayor, I'll um, Resolution 2314 appoints election judges for the October 4th, 2022 regular borough election. Um, per our code, um, the Assembly needs to appoint three judge election judges from each designated polling place, and those are in Sandpoint, King Cove, and Akutan, um, and the, the um, the names of the judges are on the resolution. If somebody is sick or can't attend, then Beverly, the clerk, will appoint someone else to fill those spots. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Any questions on resolution 2314? 
Paul? Yes. Carol? Yes. Josie? Yes. Chris? Yes. Brenda? Yes, ma'am. Samantha? Yes. Bailey? Yes. Tom? Yes. Motion carried. Okay, thank you. So before us, we have Resolution 2315, appointing the Canvas Committee for the October 4th, 2022 regular borough election. We need a motion and a second. I'll make a motion, Mrs. Brenda Stokes. Thank you, Josie. Second by Brenda. Annie? Yes, Mayor Ostrovax, the 2315 appoints the Canvas Committee for the October 4th, 2022 regular borough election. Um, per our code, it requires that the Assembly appoint a Canvas Committee to canvas all votes after the election judges tally. Um, a list of the recommended um, judges are in the resolution. And once again, if someone is sick or unable to attend, the clerk um, will appoint somebody to fill that place. Thank you. Okay. Any comments or questions? Hearing none. If there's no objections, resolution 2315. <coughs> okay. Thank you. Um, we do not have old business before us. Under new business, we have one agenda item, strategic plan quarters to update. Annie? Uh, yes, Mayor Osterbach. So um, as you know, the borough's doing the strategic plan. Um, quarter two ended as of August 31st, 2022. So in the packet is just a summary of what has been accomplished to date. Can you try again? Um, sorry, my phone was talking to me. I don't understand. Sorry. Um, so in the packet, though, is an overview of what's been accomplished to date, what's been moved um, either over to a next quarter and or to the next um, planning cycle. So um, I just want to compliment all the staff for getting many of the quarter two and some of the quarter three um, tasks completed. Um, and if there are any specific questions, please let me know. Thank you. Okay. Thank you and theory, I guess. So, <laughs> anybody have, anyone have questions on the strategic plan quarter two update? Okay. That's in your packet there for you to take a look at. And, and just, you know, since we're talking about strategic plan, so I think this year it's moved to the second week of January or whatever, anchored, so. Um, we're down to reports and updates. So, Annie, you wanna lead off? Yes, Mayor Osprey, um, my, my report is in the packet. Um, just a few updates with the, the ARPA funding, um, we did, spend um, $125,000 on um, out of this for the Sandpoint School Repairs, um, and we do anticipate receiving the second transfer funds um, in either September or October of 2022. Um, we did make a trip um, to Cold Bay in August with Moffitt and Nickel, and so we, we 
did a site survey and then also had a community meeting to discuss that project. Um, Colby Clinic, we were awarded $2 million in HRSA funds. Um, I began to address the HRSA grant requirements. I'm still working on that, but this requires um, issues that need to be addressed for floodplain, um, items environmental and historical um, data that has to be collected. Um, there's not much to report on the King Cove Road since our last meeting, but um, the NANA Corporation or Regional Corporation did file an amici brief um, to that in mid-August, um, but other than that, there are no updates from last month. Um, school maintenance, there's Sandpoint School. Um, items are arriving now, and we anticipate the students prepared um, later on in September. And then the King Cove schoolwork has also basically been 100% complete. We're just doing the final review with the engineers to make sure everything's done um, as requested. And then that project should be um, completed. And then lastly, Long did arrive in Falls Pass during the week of the 8th. They did repair one of the boilers and um, just provided actually a quote today on repairing them. And eventually we will look at replacing those boilers so that they stay um, functioning throughout the school year. Um, and then lastly, at the August 18th meeting, there was a request for a drawing of the Sandpoint Harbor Float A system. So in the packet is that, and the A dock is the one that goes around the um, mooring basin and breakwater on the edge. So that's what it will look like. And we have hired Moffitt and Nickel to start the design updates and also um, update the permitting and then we will, as soon as we hear about the PID grant, if we've got it or not, we will um, start working on this project. Thank you. Questions for Annie? Paul? Oh, just thanks for the map of the proposed sandpoint float system. Thank you. You're welcome. Other comments? Hearing none. Thank you, Annie. I, I have one, actually. Oh, go ahead. Hi, this is Josie. I don't remember reading if there was a maintenance director hired. There hasn't been yet. Okay, is there any, um, any word on any possible hires? I know there's, uh, there's issues here in the Actan School is why I'm asking, too, and we haven't had anybody out here yet this year? Yeah, not at this time. I don't have any updates on, on hiring, um, but if there are issues, the principal or, or someone needs to uh, email, they can email me and let me know what it is so we can address it. Thank you. Okay. Other questions or comments for Annie? Okay. Thank you, Annie. How are you? Yes. Good afternoon, Mayor and Assembly. My report is in the packet. I'd like to start off with the DCIP application. So just a quick recap. On June 28th, Governor Dunleavy signed the FY23 budget for major maintenance. Of that, $37.5 million was cut, resulting in only the first 10 items being funded. So. We were not funded because the school was at number 16 and the pool at number 38, so we prepared to submit a brand new CIP application. 
However, on August 17th, we were notified by CERC that the project for Sand Point School will, in fact, be funded. Um, the cost of the estimated work is about $3.9 million, I apologize, with an estimated uh, match at 30% of $1.3 million. On August 30th, Jack Walsh, he is the interim superintendent, did meet with the school board for a special meeting along with his attorney. They reviewed the six-year plan as well as an MOU between AEB and AEBSD. Uh, the MOU has been sent to Annie for her signature. However, we are good to go on the um, six-year plan. Currently, the only item that we have on the six-year plan is the pool. We've also noted the liner. Um, Evolution Pools is, is scheduled to do the work as of September 11th. Um, the next thing is maintenance connection. I'm still working with CERC to just kind of um, on the operation site on MC to make sure that the work orders that are coming in are getting noted, they, the labor is being applied, as well as the hours. So if anyone does have any issues, immediate issues with maintenance at the schools, you can email me directly, and my email address is always posted on the bottom of my report. Right now, it has been a little bit tricky. Um, two of the maintenance staffers in the schools have resigned. Um, we know we don't have a maintenance director, but again, please do contact me. I will definitely do my best to try to get things facilitated as quickly as possible. The next thing is a generator report. I mean, a generator. So um, Ivan with Tacoma Diesel did fly to Accutan August 25th to work on it. I have not received an official report, a generator report. However, it is working just fine. I've reached out to um, the chief pilot with Maritime and Hugh, and it appears to be working really well, so awesome. Um, and then on the bottom, I just have my regular attended meetings. Um, and then the last thing I will note is tomorrow is my one-year anniversary with the borough, and I'm super excited. It came up really quickly. Um, I really enjoyed working with everyone, except for Glenora. But um, <laughs> I'm joking. Glenora is awesome. She's sitting right next to me. I give her a hard time every day. And um, Annie and I just had such a phenomenal time in our trips to Cold Bay. Um, she took dozens of pictures the whole time. That's all Annie wanted to do was take pictures. And I did note a couple of them. <laughs> I'm being silly. It was on me. I was so excited. But thank you to the borough. Uh, thank you, Mayor, for supporting these trips. Um, I just really appreciate it, and I'm really grateful to be here working with you guys. And that's all. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Talia. Any comments or questions for Talia? She did learn we lived on an island out here, so that was pretty good. Okay. Thank you for that, Talia. This is Daily. Uh, Laura. Mayor. Oh, Daily, go ahead. I just want to tell Talia and Annie they're welcome back to Kobe anytime. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So, uh, Laura, you're up. Thank you, Mayor Osterback and Assembly. 
Uh, during the past month, I have spent the majority of my time working on the fiscal year 2022 annual report. I've sent drafts to Annie and yourself, Mayor Osterback, regarding the content, uh, received feedback and have made edits, and of course the Natural Resources Department also supplied information and uh, a lot of great content. Uh, after inserting some of the photos uh, to go along with the projects and working on the layout, I sent it to the printer yesterday, so it's very exciting. It contains the uh, latest information on a variety of borough projects, including the Sandpoint School Major Maintenance Project, Sandpoint Pool, the King Cove School Deferred Maintenance Project, as well as other issues that impact the borough, such as the uh, PCE lawsuit and the legal action associated with the King Cove Land Exchange. Also, of course, harbor and dock projects. And it also details work done by um, the uh, NRD Department on Fisheries Management and Advocacy, as well as projects including the Western Gulf of Alaska Pollock Trawl Fleet Electronic Monitoring Program, Fisherman's Data Portal, PCOD Tagging, and Mariculture. Um, at the end, there will be a financial summary, which includes revenues, expenditures, permanent fund, earning capital, project appropriations, bond service debt information, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, another big project is uh, continuing work on updating the PowerPoint presentation for Mayor Osterback for the annual Harbor Masters Association in Nome that takes place at the end of this month. And that'll include updates on various projects, including the Sandpoint Harbor Float Systems Project, the Cold Bay Dock Reconnaissance Feasibility Project, the Cold Bay Terminal Expansion, and the Falls Pass Harbor Electric Upgrades, as well as the latest Raccoon Dock and Breakwater Project. Um, another project that I've been continuing work on is the uh, photography and video. And uh, Carrie Tasker and I, the photographer, are going to make a third attempt to fly out to Akatan at the end of September, which will be the last community that is needed to complete this project. First two times we tried to go there last month, but the flights were canceled due to poor weather. So we're planning to go there September 27th through the 29th, weather permitting. And I've been keeping in touch with Akatan Mayor Joe Bereskin and also Assemblymember Josie Shangin. Uh, Josie suggested another way to get some seat fares on charters if those are available. So we're going to look into those options as a backup. So hopefully there's a way to get out there. Um, and also talking with uh, EAT CEO Paul Mueller, who often sends charters out that way. So we've got a lot of sort of balls in the air to try to make this happen. Um, lastly, uh, the latest In the Loop newsletters contained reminder notices about offices to be filled for the AEB and the school board, and also contained a deadline for the Declaration of Candidacy, which was the second of this month. We also sent out a couple in the loops today, which had the notice of election for the October 4th election, as well as a sample ballot. So those are some of the highlights. And if anyone has any questions or comments, please let me know. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. Questions? OK. Ernie. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, my report's in the packet. I hope you'll take a look. I'll just hit some highlights, starting with the Alaska Bycatch Task Force. They've been meeting frequently. They're subcommittees because they sunset at the end of November, and so they need to have recommendations for all those committees and put them together into one document, I guess. 
Uh, I did want to note that Chair John Jensen and Vice Chair Tommy Sheridan have been kind of keeping them in rain. There's been some talk about pointing fingers actually at Area M from some members, and I think that's quieted down because that is not bycatch, and I do not think that will be in any final uh, recommendations. Uh, Board of Fish, basically I talk about how the meeting uh, has changed from what it was. It's now February 20th through the 25th, and that necessitated uh, they have to move it to the Denina Center, and so we had to move our meeting room. Of course, it won't be on the same floor now as the Board of Fish meeting. It's up on the second floor. Uh, work session and PCOD meeting will be towards the end of October. And the proposal book was published today online, so you can take a look at that. Uh, the North Pacific Fishery Management Council, crab, uh, minutes after I submitted my report, the, the crab, uh, the Eastern Bering Sea trawl survey for crab came out, and it's not looking real good. The crab plan team will be meeting next week, and we'll see what they come up with, but uh, lower numbers yet for snow crab. And there, there's a lot of young recruits, but that's not going to help us this coming year, I don't think. Uh, and nominations are open for the Salmon Bycatch Committee through September 30th, and for the AP and the SSC through November 15th. So I hope people will be considering uh, jumping on one of those committees. Uh, the CARES Act, I just put a note in there, just a reminder, there's been plenty of information out there, but these applications need to be printed and mailed in, uh, hopefully with a return receipt, because they're not going to take your phone call, although they've added staff. I did go to the Pacific States Marine Fishery Commission meeting a couple weeks ago, I guess, here in Anchorage. Um, I can't say I got much information out of them, but the borough can mail some uh, printed forms out. You can also ask the Pacific states to send some out, but I think we will just send out a few forms. You could also go to a borough office and a community has a borough office to get them. But I'm going to go ahead and try to get some printed applications mailed out tomorrow. And then on the second page, I do this usually after a fiscal year. It shows Pollock is still our main uh, species by value. I wanted to put uh, by volume, but it's kind of scary because then Pollock looks like a big Pac-Man, wants to eat everything else, because Pollock is the main uh, species by volume, obviously. And then a couple things on the calendar, uh, toward, towards the end of this month, in Cold Bay is the Subsistence Regional Advisory Committee meeting. Um, they will be talking about rescinding uh, subsistence closures on uh, local Russell Creek, Nurse Lagoon, and Trout Creek. And then October gets really full. You got the council going from the 3rd to the 11th. And then on the 11th, Board of Fish comments are due for the PCOT and the work session. And then on the 12th is the in-person meeting at the Egan of the Bycatch Task Force. And then the next day is the joint protocol between the council and the Board of Fish. So meeting season is really heating up. So that's my report, and I can have any questions if you have them. Thank you, Ernie. Questions for Ernie? Okay, good report. Charlotte. All right, thank you, Mayor Osterbeck and Assembly. Um, you should have my report in the packet. 
So I'll just start by talking about uh, the electronic monitoring program. Um, so I did just submit the uh, NIFWIF interim programmatic report, and um, due to a delay in receiving the grant agreement for this project, uh, we actually extended the grant through June 30th of next year. So that gives us a little bit more time to work on some of the fixed gear components of that project. Um, so ahead of the Pollock opener, that's when I wrote this, but now we are a week and some days into the Pollock opener, and it has been very busy, uh, just lots of talking to the boats, figuring things out, um, getting logbooks in, helping processors. It's just been a very busy week. Um, so I, I was doing that beforehand, and I've been doing it all week. <laughs> um, I also am attending the Bycatch Task Force meetings. Um, there is some kind of interesting stuff being uh, pushed forward, um, in addition to obviously rationalization, but things like 100% observer coverage and monitoring um, for all trawl vessels and a lot of changes in the GOA, so I'll be tracking that um, going forward, and I do plan to attend that meeting in person at the Egan Center. Um, we also were featured in a story um, on collaborative research for, um, for some shark projects that are going on, which was really nicely written. Um, some of our boats have been volunteering to collect samples on very large sleeper sharks, which um, commonly come up in the trawl, but um, are not ever delivered to the plants for sampling. So it's kind of a rare opportunity to um, co collect some samples on them. So that was, that was really nice. Nice shout out. Um, for the data portal, I actually just talked to Joe Sullivan. Um, we were able to slightly extend that grant, um, and I believe he will have some of the legal framework documents to me on Monday. Um, so more updates to come. Uh, as far as the council goes, um, like Ernie said, there's a October council meeting, um, so the Trawl EM project will be under final action, um, and we expect that will move forward. Um, and I will plan to attend um, either in person or virtually for that. And um, at this point, I'm helping um, <clears throat> helping <laughs> all kinds of people, um, helping with the analysis for the Trolley M project. I'm also helping uh, stock assessment authors on COD to give them some information on the tagging project. So kind of a few different things going on. Uh, for Mariculture, we have a nice tentative schedule for all of the training um, that I believe was asked about last meeting. So I have listed those out for you. I'm not going to read them all, um, but I will say part of most of the trainings will be done by um, the local stakeholder, especially the hands-on components, and then I will be um, visiting the Sandpoint site, either myself or Melissa Good, um, during some of the hands-on components in Zachary Bay. So that'll be exciting. Um, for Board of Fisheries, um, there's a lot of stuff going on. I, I won't get into details, but um, I am working on a few things with our partners, um, Ernie and I, and um, we are making some progress, I think. Um, so I, I probably won't be reporting on those in detail, but we are working on them, and we're going through proposals and all that. And for the COD tagging project, um, not a ton to report, um, just working on some preliminary analysis of our data. And then also, we have started the publication process. So the group is meeting to talk about writing up some papers and getting it published and getting it into stock assessment. It is already in stock assessment qualitatively, but it, it isn't quantitatively. 
that makes sense. They are considering um, some of the results uh, when they write their stock assessments. So anyhow, I think that's it for me, and I'm happy to take any questions. Thanks, Charlotte. So questions, comments? Okay, good report. So thank you for that, and I'm glad to see that Kelp Green is getting back in action. So we are down to assembly comments. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to say thank you guys for all your support. It really it means a lot to me. I really appreciate it, and I know the people here do too. You know, it has been a really tough summer for us. Um, so I just wanted to say thank you, and I appreciate it. And also, congrats to all y'all on your first year. Um, and that's all I had. Thank you. Thank you, Sam. Glad to help. Oh, yeah, back yeah, to you. This, this. Go ahead. Daily, I think? Yeah, it's daily. Um, a couple. Okay. One of the things was the vending machines for the terminal. Um, people were just asking me, wondering um, how, how they go about seeing about, you know, being able to put uh, vending machines up in the, in the barrel uh, building. So, Annie, what happened to that project? Yeah, so actually, um, Mara and, and Daly, um, we we just started talking about that again with everything that's been going on that, that just kind of got pushed back. So we're revisiting that. Um, Tali and I are scheduled to talk about that um, either tomorrow or early next week, and then we hope to get that released um, here shortly. Okay. Yeah, I think you guys have spent about enough time on looking at it. Time to get to work and do it. Okay. Thank you. And I had one more question. Okay. Um, this is a question about also about the um, the terminal up there. Um, I don't know who's you know, if it's um, whose place it would be or just just the question. Um, backup a backup generator. For you know, for the the building up there, has that ever been asked um, to the borough about a backup generator for the building? Not that I can recall. Yeah, I've, I've not been approached about that before. Okay, well, it's um, it's been brought up because our power went out here a couple of times um, this last summer here and. And uh, it, you know, our plane couldn't couldn't come in because, it, like, they were in Sandpoint at one time and they couldn't come over because our uh, cause our power was out and and so people, you know, we've been asked um, why don't we have a backup generator in that terminal building? So just just a question. Okay. Other comments. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Just two things. Uh, well, first one, I'm, I'm sure everybody's seen in the, in the news that uh, Southeast Conference, along with Swampsea and, and some other entities, were recipients of the Build Back Better Mariculture Grant and other groups throughout the country, too. But 
the uh, Alaska portion was $49 million, which is substantial. And I don't think they have a complete plan on how to distribute the funds and, and make that grant work, but uh, there'll be plenty of opportunity to, to comment, and people who are interested can just look, look at the Swampsy website. Uh, and I think some of the provisions would enable uh, Native entities to participate. Anyway, maybe not everybody's heard about that, but that was a pretty good deal for, for uh, some of the groups in the state. And then I wanted to comment a little bit about fish expo. We have a board of fish meeting in February. Actually, there's a codfish meeting this month, I guess, but uh, for October 27th and 28th or so. But the fish expo, which is in November 17th, I believe, uh, and 18th and part 19th. I, I think the borough, my personal opinion, borough should have a uh, presence there, and I was hoping we we would uh, to keep in contact. With it. A lot of people go to that uh, the expo, and uh, not a full blown booth, but a, with a lot of people, which we've done in the past, but. I still think we should attempt to do that. So, thank you. Okay. Thank you. Other assembly comments? Okay. I don't have anything to add, so we're down to public comment. All right. Public comments. So our next meeting date is October 13, 2022. Um, we don't have anything else on the agenda, so I'll look for a motion to adjourn. I make a motion to adjourn. Thank you. Just a quick question before you do adjourn. Uh, where is the next meeting at again? Annie, are we? Are we working on the King Cole for the meeting or for October, or where are we on that? Yeah, I think we were going to try to do October. So Beverly will need to will be in touch with the, the assembly to make travel arrangements. Okay. As we again, it's going to depend. This time, you know, we're supposed to be there for this meeting, but there's no airplanes available, yeah. so we couldn't get over there and get back. Uh, well, we're going to try it again for the next month. And this thing with airplanes is getting really out of hand, whether it's trying to charter somewhere or now I think Sandpoint is down to two flights a week. With Monday schedule. and Thursday, yeah. that's it for the month of September. Yeah. So, and if one cancels, they don't do makeups. They're not going to do makeups? No. Yeah, so that's not good. And it's adding a lot of travel time to people's agendas and schedules to go anywhere. It's just Ridiculous. But that answer you for now? It could cancel out if we can't get transportation. So. But we'll know shortly. So, okay, so we have a motion and a second to adjourn. So thank you, everybody, and we will talk to you later. Thank you. That is the Aleutians East Borough Assembly meeting for the, what did it say, the 8th of September already. Time sure is moving fast. 
Hope you're having a great day out there. We're going to go live to All Things Considered, the flagship news drive time for the afternoon program from NPR. Go check us out, apradio.org, apradio.org on the web. We've got all sorts of important meetings, information, and soon we'll have sports. So check it out online, apradio.org. And let's get back to NPR programming and more on KSDP.